0: Welcome to the second episode of Untitled Investment Talk. With me once again is my great colleague, Karl Michael. I'm your host, Simon Schaber. Once again, we're going to take a deeper look into crypto custody. For those of you who've seen or I heard the first episode of our podcast, we really focused on this gold standard, which was established in Germany, mostly by the BaFin, by the new regulation, So now we want to take a step back and really look at what's going on outside of Europe, especially outside of Germany, of course, but of course, within the US, uh, in Asia, greater China, what's going on around the world. So before we dive in very deeply, I think we better take a short step back and look at why custody is actually so important for institutional investors and what does make a good custodian. What are the magic ingredients for that? Michael, great that you're here. Maybe you can start and uh, explain to me and, of course, also our, our beautiful listeners, what is the magic sauce for a great custodian?
1: Yeah. Hi, Simon. Um, very happy to be with you here and to continue our, our crypto custody journey here for institutional uh, investors. Uh, what's the secret sauce or what, what makes a good custodian? Or why is crypto custody so important? Very good question. I mean, obviously I could take half an hour to answer the question, but, but let me try to make it, uh, uh brief. And sometimes we, we use the magic quadrant of crypto custody, to explain why custody is so important. Uh, Assume you want to, as an institutional investor, have bought and want to participate in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency development. Uh, It's a a big question where to safely store your your assets. There have been hacks, obviously. Uh, I think more than 10 billion cryptos uh, were stolen over the last two, three years. So, safe storage is one absolute um, important. piece. So, we need crypto-grade cybersecurity, and you need an advanced risk management. Of the people who deal with your customers, safe storage, yes. Second, if you are an institutional client, um, normally you would like to work with a regulated entity as your custodian. So. This entity needs to be a regulatory compliant following uh, KYC, know your customer, and AML anti-money uh, laundering uh, practices, uh, prevent fraud, uh, fraud, DTC. So safe storage, regulatory compliance, very important. And the third um Component is a, you want to easily access your assets. It depends a little bit uh, on your use case. So if you are a trader and need it uh, very urgently you do, to do, to do trade, day trading with Bitcoin, Ethereum or other coins. But you also might be an, an institutional investor who... Has a buy-and-hold strategy, then I think the time you need to access a fund is not so important. But is it then the question? Is it integrated in uh, in your overall uh, asset management? So ease of access to fund is a third uh, third component. These are, I would say, why institutional investors need a qualified entity to safely store and do the custody of of the assets. This is not the only important, let's say dimension or criteria for choosing a custodian, obviously price and and other uh, components are also important, but um, in a nutshell, safe storage, regulatory compliance, ease of uh, fund access is uh, something uh, you're gonna have
0: a look at. That makes a lot of sense. as i already alluded to in the intro in our last episode we focused on the german market and the cryptocurrency gold standard as recorded if you as a german take a wider look at the global landscape what do you think really happened so far what were the key developments over the past couple of years and um, which players have emerged last year and is uh, are mergers already happening? Are people being acquired? Are uh, entities acquiring strategically? Um, what do you think is happening abroad?
1: That, that's a good question. Our last call had a more narrow view on the on the German market. If we look at the overall international landscape, then we saw a, a significant positive development in terms of crypto custody technology and players. Especially in 2019, we saw in the U.S. six big players emerge. Some of them are known, let's say, crypto-native companies like Coinbase, who entered the institutional custody space, uh, amongst others, uh, through acquisition. So they acquired Xapo. Uh, Bakt, uh, who trades futures and options in Bitcoin. They acquired Digital Asset Company. Bitco acquired Harbor. Genesis this year acquired the crypto custodian vault so uh, bigger US players um, onboarded additional knowledge for institutional uh, custody play and these big players um, they gained a significant market share and invested a lot in their their security systems uh, this is one development if we look at the European market, I think what happened in Germany with the BaFin license, so a license which is specifically tailored to crypto cust- uh, custody. So they are not exactly the same requirements that you would have for, for let's say uh, sec- traditional security custody. It's a very specific license. It's still a gold standard compared to what happens on the on the international scene. But here, regulation drove, or, or drives what's happening on the market. Um, and I think uh, there have been some other regulatory developments in France, in Switzerland, in Liechtenstein, and so on that also formed and, and, and shaped the market. We see in Europe, amongst others, so more progressive banks entering the scene or um, they have been in crypto already and they are also engaged in custody. We have Solaris uh, Bank uh, in there, in Switzerland, we have Signum, Seba uh, Bank. But interestingly, we also see a couple of innovative smaller private uh, banks. In Germany, you have uh, von der Heide, Hauk und Aufheide, for example. In Switzerland, you have Merky baumann and some other um, uh, players uh, in this field, so also the banks get more acquainted to, or uh, innovative banks um, enter the enter the, the the custody space. Next to these big players like crypto natives, uh, the, the Coinbase, uh, Bitcoins, we talked about, there are a couple of specialized crypto custodians. So if we look at the international scene, I mean. If we include technology enablers, so not only custodians, but also the ones who pro- provide the core technology and, and sometimes take 90% of the value chain of custodians, we, we easily have 70, 80 players in this field. Um, and that ranges from the big ones, which are, are also men already mentioned, to very dynamic and, and also high quality starters We Germany took to Finoa, um, there's Tangini, for example, to, to name two from the, the German uh, front. So there's also a block of, of uh, specialized crypto custodians, which we find there in Asia. If we see it, again, from a regional uh, perspective, uh, very heterogeneous. Uh, China is different from Japan, from Korea and from, from other countries. But lately, we saw interesting developments in Korea. I think crypto regulation evolved there a little bit. And with this involvement of the value uh, of the uh, of the regulation and a strong push in Korea for blockchain in general, We saw the bigger banks in Korea first. I think the biggest bank, KB Bank or so, um, moving into the market and then three other bigger banks followed suit. So there in in Asia, we also see more more traditional institutions um, um, entering uh, entering the market.
0: Now, that seems to be quite a heterogeneous field. You mentioned many, many players from big banks to... um, Let's say more technology focused ventures. How do you think? How would you differentiate between them? Would you group them all together, bunch them all into this uh, custody provider field? Or would you differentiate clearer into, I don't know, uh, big banks, small banks, um, technology providers? How would you split this heterogeneous field up?
1: I think that's an speaking, excellent uh, question for a couple of reasons. Let, let me first answer how I would group it. Uh, it's obviously a rough and, and whatever, 10,000 or 30,000 feet uh, a grouping first. I would see there are crypto native companies like exchanges who have been in the crypto business uh, for long who have uh, custody as a value added service. So crypto natives is one it's one field this, this, this is anyone so binance from from asia coinbase in us gemini etc Bitwala, bitpanda kraken uh, 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 you, you you can you can name them a second part is are banks um, and, and you rightly differentiate between more traditional incumbent and innovative uh, banks sometimes challenger uh, banks currently we see and hear much more about this innovative challenger banks. And again, this, this especially in Europe, we know this quite well, these um, more innovative private banks. But we think under the hood, uh, almost all bigger banks are also considering crypto custody. So banks is a, a second player. We, we can maybe talk later about why, why they are not so... Um, where they don't shout out so much the the bigger traditional banks. And then the third field are what I would call specialized custodians. Uh, uh, These companies either only operate in the crypto custody business or evolve their business out of a crypto custody core. So BitGo is is a good example, uh, being uh, very... I are famous uh, for their custody service now moving to prime brokerage, same as in a crypto native sphere, what happens with Genesis, for uh, for example. Um, we have these young startups you mentioned who come more from or have a more technology mindset and, and enter the, the financial uh, markets. Again, uh, without repeating uh, myself here in, in Germany with Finoa, Tangany. Um, in, in Switzerland we have whatever, Bitcoin, Swiss, crypto storage, who are, uh, for example, in, in this field of specialized custodians. But this is a m- much uh, a broader market. So uh, again, just to drop names, Fidelity belongs into the field of specialized custodians. More traditionally, Kingdom Trust from US uh, involved falls uh, into this legacy trust with Unchained Capital we are also in crypto lending. So there, there are a couple of uh, a, a company anchoring um, couple of, of companies who fall into this cluster of specialized crypto custodians and th- these are um, all uh, players who have a direct let's say end customer relationship but the crypto custodian market is also composed of a couple of companies who, who i would call rather technology enablers so they don't necessarily have a license, or they don't operate um, in a B two B to C framework, or B two B serving end customers, but they are enabling uh, crypto custodians. Especially relevant for for incumbent uh, institutions as partners, and there are lots of of players in this enabling uh, a, a field, from MPCs, specialized players from Israel, Unbound Curve fire blocks we have companies in there who have an excellent relationship especially in serving uh, banks so I think like Mitako or and Casa digit from from Switzerland. We have the the traditional retail hardware custodians like Ledger in there with their interesting institutional proposition. Copper and a couple of other uh, other players from um, from Austria, Riddle and Code currently promoting their their custody solution. Mean or oh, cannot name uh, name everyone, but this is the third field. So, in a nutshell, we have crypto native companies feeding the crypto business and and have custody as a side business. We have aggressive banks who want to position in this space and we have specialized crypto custodians who more or less their core business crypto custody and then we have the enabling partners uh, if
0: if you want, want to group it's
1: a very very heterogeneous field as you as you rightly um, mentioned in your question
0: now since you've already differentiated between more traditional custodians um, fully licensed operations and these tech enablers that, as the name already uh, kind of makes it more obvious, enable others uh, with their technology. If I'm an institutional investor who wants to build up his own custody business and uh, rather do it with a partner together, how do you think I would go or I should go about finding the correct partner for my needs?
1: Not an easy answer. It's, uh, in the end, it's one, of, <laughs> one of the most difficult questions uh, uh, you can ask uh, because you have to look at it from, from different uh, angles. Let's take one angle. The angle is your use case. So if we talk about an institutional investor or, uh, I mean, this is already a quite heterogeneous customer base, right? So we have hedge fund family offices um, and maybe people who trade uh, on the one hand side, and we will have maybe really large institutional investors who are not so much into crypto, but are, are gradually moving into it. Uh, so so the, the bigger banks and maybe later on insurance companies, pension funds, uh, uh, ETC, uh, they also find vehicles. Um, all of them have different requirements. Uh, um, from a use case perspective, there are people who have a buy and hold strategy who say, let's take the example of Bitcoin, I buy Bitcoin. And I want to hold it. It's for me an inflation-resistant asset, and I'll keep it for the next three, five years. It's for me an inflation hedge. Um, uh, my uh, most important criteria is that everything is safely, uh, safely stored. I don't care so much about um, time to access my asset. Because if you want to access your asset fast, normally you don't have exactly... The same kind of security level as you would have um, if you can bring all your um, all your bitcoins, for example, to cold storage, where there's absolutely no connection of the server where the the keys are stored uh, to the internet. Maybe not only a bidirectional, but only unidirectional unidirectional direction. So super safe, but it takes a while to get the asset then uh, out of cold uh, cold storage. There are more modern technologies. I don't want to go into detail here. So that an almost religious discussion now going on between MTC, multi and other other technologies. I leave this out, but the use case is important. If you want to trade, you need fast access. So you would uh, put different uh, category, uh, uh, different requirements towards storage. So this is this is uh, one use case. The other question is uh, how many or which assets are you going to buy? Are you only in Bit- uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, or do you want to uh, store and have access to the full range of Uh, of crypto coins not all custodians offer the same uh, same range here and third crypto custody is not only about uh, cryptocurrencies but it's also about uh, STO security token offerings or or digital securities which is a third group which has again specific requirements towards custody so use case uh, is to a certain degree important but um I mean, we spent—you know—we we did this both a lot of time on developing a, a really a three hundred and sixty a holistic framework. To assess a crypto custodian and a lot of criterias uh, come into play. Next to cybersecurity. So how, how is your, how are the keys? Are the key? How is key management uh, handled overall? How is the key ceremony from, from onboarding uh, towards key recovery? ETCs is one thing. How secure is your account? How secure is your digital infrastructure? How is the cybersecurity setup of your company? If there is a hack, how fast can you respond? How good are your redundancy action plans? This is one piece. The other question is, again, if you want to or have to work with a regulated custodian, then obviously the question is, does the custodian fulfill all the regulatory requirements from any money laundering counter terrorist financing and has the respective risk management, onboarding tools, transaction monitoring. This is important. Up to questions. Okay, assume even if you have a super uh, cybersecurity infrastructure, something really goes wrong. What happened? Is there an insurance? How does the insurance look like? How much does the insurance cover? That's important. Next to question, what do you pay as a price or as a, um, it's not uh, normally not only one price but a couple of price elements when you, when you choose the custodian. Again, this is very briefly um, uh, only a subset of of let's say 200 criteria uh, we use in 20 dimensions. So there's much more to say about it, and it's really not easy to to judge. Uh, first of all, if a custodian is a good custodian, and second, if it's the right custodian for the requirements of an institutional client because the landscape is very 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 heterogeneous and there's a lot of talk um, which you normally as an institutional investor seeking for a customer would not even understand this is like i would say uh, people who, who who build cars and they talk about the specifics of your engine right you would not understand anything but in the end you need to know what kind of engine you need for which purpose But it's not as easy as choosing a car. If you choose a crypto custodian, normally it's good to have a helping hand um, for this exercise.
0: Yeah, obviously. I think the question was, of course, uh, very vague from my end. But uh, thank you anyways for going so deep into the different trade-offs, the difference between uh, ease of access to assets and of course security, because uh, everyone knows that's uh, the main trade off um, in security and cybersecurity and in any form of security, really. Um, how easy is it to get to the assets for better or for worse? Uh, so, from my end, that would be everything I have to ask you today. Uh, I would thank you very much for being with me and hope that we see each other again for the next episode. I definitely
1: will see us for the next episode. And I also have an idea what we are talking about. Uh, crypto custody, I think, is a kind of hot topic, but there is even maybe an even hotter topic uh, these days. And uh, I don't know uh, whether you want to uh, give a hint on this already now, but I can only ask our listeners, stay tuned to Untitled uh, Investment Talks.
0: Definitely. Uh, Thank you all for being here with us. Uh, Thanks for listening. For everyone who made it to the very end, uh, we very much appreciate it. Um, And we hope to hear from you guys. Um, Like um, The beauty of the crypto space is I think that so many smart people are uh, finding each other again in a new topic to really dive into it and make things happen and uh, make new things to build roads for the very first time. So you find both of us quite active on LinkedIn. Um, uh, Feel very free to connect we are very much looking forward to engaging just having a chat talking about business just talking about crypto in general Um, feel free to hit us up thanks for listening and have a great day